welcome to the next episode of a uh, couple of drop kicks on the whip oval. Been a bit of a, a long term break, I think, Jace. I think we've had a bit of a buy and a bit of a stretch out. It's been a bit topsy turvy, Nick. Um, yeah. The uh, uh, couple of drop kicks uh, from the Witten Oval Western Bulldogs um, um, uh, supporters uh, podcast has had a, a little bit of a break um, with the impact of COVID. Um, we are unable to get into the outer suburban studio face to face to record the uh, episode, so we've had to um, make do with the uh, the channel that's um, most popular around the world at the moment, Zoom. Yep, zooming uh, around, absolutely. That's right. Um, we thought we were going to get out of lockdown in Melbourne, and and for a period of time we were. Um, there were still restrictions on um, meeting at homes and meeting in a studio like we planned to. Um, but then we, there's a snapback. We're, we're back into lockdowns uh, another seven days. So we've got to jump into whatever um, channel we can find. So we're here on Zoom. That's right. And it's uh, a big a big, uh, big episode for us, Jace. It's uh, number 10, double digits. Let's... Um, they they, they said we're... that we'd never make it. They said we'd never make it, Nick. Didn't we had a few it. testing times, but uh, we're here and we're, we'll keep going. Excellent. That's right. So I was thinking just a little bit of a celebration. Let's have a bit of a think about the uh, the great number 10s we've had um, over the last 20 or so years. How, how good are you with uh, footy numbers, Jace? Not very good at all. You'll have to start me off, Nick. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with our current um, current number 10. Do you know that one? Uh, no, Nick. Do you want to, do you want to lead this one? <laughs> it's the former captain, um, our Eastern premiership, Wood. Eastern Wood. Um, and so he's he's been a great great store big numbers with him. Uh, we've also had uh, prior to Eastern Wood, we did have uh, a, a fellow by the name of Brett Montgomery, number ten as well. And he sort of had a bit of a break from the club, and he sort of sneaked off to to Port Adelaide. And while he was away at Port Adelaide, uh, we had Justin Sherman, uh, who came down from from uh, Brisbane, I think it was. Um, so we had him for a couple of seasons and then he didn't sort of fit in. And then, then uh, we, we did have um, Brett Montgomery come back and, and grab that number once again. Um, and then from there, going back a little bit further, uh, prior to, to that, uh, prior to, um, to Brett Montgomery, we had uh, um, the father of a son of a gun, uh, Mark Hunter, was another number 10 as well. And that's where all the big numbers sort of finish up with the players that have done a couple of hundred, um, hundred plus games with us. And they're all the ones I really know, but uh, maybe if our listeners want to jump onto our, um, onto our Facebook page and, and maybe sort of give uh, some other number 10 memories, it'd be a great sort of thing to share with us. Yeah, I'll probably th- throw Nathan Eagleton into the mix, uh, oh, number 10. Eagle, I forgot about the Eag. Um, so... Um, very distinctive, a bit of a fan favourite, um, Eagleton, and um, a hell of a, a hell of a player and a hell of a runner um, on the field, um, skilled footballer. Um, and then probably take you back just to Mick Egan, if you um, go that oh, um, far back yes. yep. as well. Um, so there's been a, a few um, guns in, in number 10s. Yes. Um, but certainly um, there's, a, there's a big list people might want to want to draw on to pick their favourite number 10. I think so. I think so. We're good to hear some number ten memories. Um, okay, let's let's maybe go into the game that we thought would be fairly one-sided, but actually ended up being a bit closer than we were expecting, uh, which was the West Coast. Ga- oh, sorry, the Gold Coast game versus 
uh, Gold Coast, I guess, up at Metricon. Um, Gold we Coast were Suns, yep. Yeah, that's it, yep. We were predicting 50-plus uh, points, but it was a bit closer than that. No, they're, they're an up-and-coming team, the um, Gold Coast, and um, over, over, this, over the period of the season, they've improved markedly, um, and they've got um, a hell of a midfield um, with Miller, um, who is um, on, on his way to challenge um, um, McRae's record of plus 30 possessions in a run of games. Mm. Um, and then King as a forward target is just um, a future champion as well. So um, they've got a lot of talent across the field. So it was always going to be a case that, you know, um, Sexton and, and Miller and King and Holman and Ainsworth were always going to be a bit of a danger for us um, and expected expected them to be competitive and they certainly um, um, played out of their skins on the, on, on the night at home. Um, so certainly challenged the doggies throughout the game. Yeah, and that's right. And it was a bit of a tricky sort of situation going into that game with the Victorian lockdown just starting at that time. It's, a, it's like an, an aeon ago, I think, really, Chase, since the last time we um, sort of had a conversation about, about the Western Bulldogs. And um, and it was a bit of a, a tricky start. Um, Gold Coast did come out... Um, out, out running and, and trying to take that lead. And they did take that going into the first quarter and put in a really good effort going uh, right into the second quarter as well. Yeah, a couple of goal sneaks um, in the uh, Gold Coast um, mix, Holman and Ainsworth um, snapping some great goals and really challenging our defence. Um, and it's always a surprise, um, particularly this year when we get jumped in the first quarter. Um, so mm. certainly had us on our back, back foot to begin with. And uh, coming out of that first quarter, we did have uh, Jamara um, getting his number one first career goal, which was a great An, set an shot. absolute ripper. An absolute ripper was. near the boundary from um, close to 50. Mm. Um, and um, a really beautiful kick and um, a magnificent goal. And there, there was a small contingent of Bulldog supporters behind the goal, and they were leaping for joy. It was a, an absolute ripper of a goal. Of a goal and um, the boys got around him. Yeah, they did absolutely. They went from right across the ground to give him a good, good rub on the head. Um, and we, he wasn't finished um, at that stage yet. He was, he was ready to go again, and, and that's what we found in the second quarter. He, he started showing a bit more confidence coming through, and we were able to get. Uh, he was part of that three goals in a row with uh, with Daniel uh, and McRae sort of sandwiching in between. He um, was starting to show that he could quite possibly. He, we're seeing that full potential that we have got with him, those strong marks, those really long, um, very direct kicks as well. Um, so we, we're starting to see something. So we need to start to see the, the potential that we've heard, heard all about, um, but what we didn't quite see. Well, he um, in his early games was getting to the right positions and making the right leads to position as a key forward. Just wasn't getting the, the, the grab on the ball or, or that little bit, um, of an extra leap to, to get himself in the best position. So um, started to tell um, in this game in terms of his ability to do that and um, started um, really imposing himself on the game. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was sort of coming through there. Um, I think having... Um, we've really seen him as a potential um, tall target, I think, with that leap that he does have and, and um, some slick moves that he's able to get um, in and out of uh, tricky situations as well. Um, he, he, he is, and he's, he's someone who's going to take a, a really good backman as well. So um, it's mm. going to be a bit of a tricky um, scenario for uh, opposition coaches on who do you land uh, between uh, Norton, Bruce and uh, Jamara, um, which forward do you land on them? Because they've, um, they've all got their own um, distinct threat. They're all um, competitive in, in marking contests. So 
um, he adds he adds a really good mix to the forward line. Yeah, he does absolutely. Um, another highlight I think coming from uh, from that game was was Corey Waitman once again, um, really coming through with that that finishing um, and possession game that he's that that uh, in and under, especially in the forward line. Um, I think he's he's continued to show his um, rising star form, and I think he's going to be a big threat. Uh, to possibly taking it, taking the gong, I think at the end of the year. What do you think, Jace? Uh, we'll see. He's certainly our best candidate, um, mm. and certainly has got a lot of energy and a lot of spark. Um, and he's backing himself in relation to marking contests and and long kicks for goals. So, uh, hope hope to see him in the mix at the end of the day. Yep, absolutely. Um, so going to the second half, the, the dogs did get, get a bit for a bit more ahead. Um, and we started to have a bit more control of the game. That's something we noticed after a five-goal second quarter. Um, but um, Gold Coast were having some really good shining moments um, against us, some good movement. Um, they'd start to sort of show that potential, I think, the Gold Coast Suns in their ability to, to move their ball, move the ball around. Um, but in the end, the, the dogs, uh, I guess, um, structures sort of did come through and we were able to sort of finish off the game quite well. Um, and with a couple of late goals in, from the Sun, we were able to finish off with a nice good goal from from Dar- from Daryl Waitman. That's his uh, not so <laughs> not not so far the father. His alter um, ego, alter ego. Yeah, <laughs> right. um, from from um, from Cody from Cody, yep. Cody Waitman to sort of yep. finish the game off quite well. So that was quite good. Um, so it's we did have some um, I think standout players with Bottom Helly with thirty six really showing his um, his uh, you know, credentials uh, going in for later into the season get uh, Charlie around his neck um, Bailey Smith as well with uh, thirty three really coming back into the game again which is really good to see he's um, sort of been up and down a bit I think um, but his I guess his confidence has really been lifting up over the last couple of week, couple of games. What do you think, Jase? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I think he's got a bit of a, a purple patch and starting to play that key role in the mids uh, to support and give a bit of um, um, relief to the other on-ballers, um, yeah. Pelly McRae and, and Liberatore, um, and someone who has um, a real spark of speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's um, starting to get the ball, win the ball, and, and, and rack up those possessions, which we need. Um, also good performance from Dale. Yep. Off the halfback line, Keith in defence, yep. um, and um, Richards and Williams were, were both um, good on the day as well. Yep, and that's and that's really good signs. I think with have a very strong back line to be able to, to be able to keep going on um, and controlling when the ball does come into that defensive area uh, and getting that bounce back out as well. Which which um, having Richards in there and also having Williams as well, he's really coming coming through with uh, with that. Uh, pace and ability to pass the ball around. And I'm really enjoying Dale's um, gameplay at the moment. He's, he's, he's sort of sneaking into that uh, 40 squad of uh, all Australian potential. So I yeah, think he's, he's right. one to watch him. Yeah. Um, also noting um, um, Jamara's three-goal bag, um, yep. most goals for the doggies on the night. So that's got to be worth a mention. Yep. Um, and as we said, he, he was starting to really get that um, – um, the ability to to hold those marks and to get in exactly the right position and take a contested mark and showing a bit of, of that confidence um, that we know that he has as well um, in terms of being very uh, happy with his, his his efforts and and the rewards that come with that as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, so in the end, the dogs, dogs finished off um, with uh, 
1379, a, a hard fought 11 point win, um, but a very important one uh, leading into the, the next round, the round 19, which was uh, Friday Night Lights match of the round? Um, it was. It was supposed to be a, uh, uh, an easy game against um, Adelaide in, in Ballarat, but because of the, um, the impact of um, COVID at the time, they did a, a switcheroo. Mm. Um, so we got to face the top uh, team, top of the ladder clash with Melbourne um, at the MCG um, empty stadium. Um, a bit of a, a rematch, um, given that they'd given us a bit of a licking earlier in the season and jumped us early. Um, and a different venue as well, which I think um, played critically in terms of the result for the night and how mm. the game played out at the MCG. Um, not always a happy hunting ground um, for us at times, but the extra space, um, the extra room to move um, our angle kicks and, and movement through the corridor was very helpful on the night. And the doggies had done their homework and actually had um, worked out a bit of way to negate some of the tactics that had tripped us up last time. Marcus Bontempelli was again the match winner um, on the night. A really yeah. um, close contest, wet conditions initially. Um, the doggies handled the rain better earlier, mm. um, kicking six goals to two in the first half. Um, and the Demons came um, late um, to draw within three points. But it was, uh, again, um, Bontempelli's inspirational goals and hardball gets. Um, which got us over the line. He um, was noted by Beveridge at the end of the game as, again, another match-winning performance. Um, and there was a beautiful pass from Bonapelli to Jamara late to get him in the game for a shot on goal as well. So 20-point 20, 20 win at the end, 13-7, um, 85-9, 11-65. We had a few surprises. Um, a few... Um, we had um, um, Shaki back in the team. It, um, yes. With... with yeah, absolutely. And and I think uh, we do have a, a special listener out there by the name of uh, Luke Beveridge. And I think he's listened, Jace. I think he has. Well, he's he, um, put Shaq back in. Yeah, put him in the back for the, the, the back attack, the Shaq. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's been in planning for a month. They've been talking yeah. about his role in training where he, he takes the key forward. And they really started thinking about the, the switch uh, about a mm. month ago. Yep. Um, so um, he was put in the back. He had a um, had a, a strong mix against Brown at times um, and certainly um, did very well in the night. And um, he, he's reborn a back man. Um, all is forgiven in terms of what's happened in the past, in terms of his performances on the big stage up forward. Mm. He can stay back. And um, he'll, he's shown himself for, over a number of weeks as um, really um, becoming a, a key part of the back line. Sometimes looking a bit lost, in relation to where does he position himself in the, um, the defence structure. Yep. Um, but he had, had the support of his teammates, so certainly um, ended up being a really inspirational um, and clever move to move him down back. Yeah, and, that, and, and his position really came very important in that first quarter when we did lose uh, Keith with a, with a hamstring injury and he had to go on and, and to really take that, um, take that tour forward um, in, in that defensive role. Um, and to be able to show what, what he can do. And, and, and I think he finished quite well with uh, 17 possessions and some really strong marks throughout, I think about seven or eight intercept, um, defensive marks. So, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Anthony Scott was subbed on for Keith and um, doesn't have the same height as Shaki. Mm. So Shaki really had to step up on the night. Um, and as you say, um, intercept marks, strong marks, um, manned up on his tall forward. Um made sure that he made a contest out of uh, every um, forward entry. So a really a good um, 
um, good result for him in terms of his you know, switch down the back and he's shown in, in subsequent weeks that he's continuing to to be a good option as a, a key backman. Yeah, and I think one, one another uh, good thing to sort of point out is that uh, the long sleeves are out, James. There was, oh, uh, incredible. There um, it, it, it's becoming a bit of a trend. I'm, I'm really liking it. It takes me back uh, to the <laughs> 70s and 80s. Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, so um, how many did you count how many we had on the night? Uh, well, we had Hunter Bruce and uh, Daniel, but I think uh, Bailey Williams as well was running running along with a long sleeve uh, oh, right. ensemble yes. as well. So, and who, it, who wears it best? I think Bruce. I think Josh. I think, <laughs> I think Juice. Juicy does. He's. he's just, that, I don't think Daniel makes it look pretty good. Oh, he's he's still wearing the. They can't uh, grab him when he's got that long sleeve on. They just can't can't tackle him. Well, he's still, I guess he is sort of getting it from the kids section. So they are quite small and petite. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's really nice to see. And I think in those wintry conditions, the uh, the sleeves in, I think. I think that's long sleeves are the way to go. And it's great to see it's, like you said, it's um, 70s and 80s, a bit of love happening there. I sort of think back to um, Michael Ford um, during the 80s and early 90s. He was one who loved a long sleeve. Um, uh, and Ax- Atkins as well. Um, Simon Atkins, he loved a long sleeve as well. So it's good to get to see it coming back with some um, uh, cult heroes, cult figures as well, I think. So I think the, the sleeve is going to stay until yep. it's hot, until it's hot anyway. So in terms of the actual match, um, the Doggies were really on top in the first half. And even though it was a really tough contest in, in the middle, um, Max Gorn was still dominant. Um, and um, um, Tim English um, was um, serviceable in, in trying to negate him. But um, perhaps in the first, first half didn't put, um, as much um, body pressure on mm. Max as was needed. And I think there was a bit of um, instructions for him to do so. Um, but really, you know, again, it's, it's Bont and Pally and, and um, you know, those key halfbacks, Williams, JJ and Richards, who really were, you know, um, inspirational in, in getting that key connection through um, the middle of the ground and, and getting the doggies moving towards goal. And, and the doggies were on top um, and having more opportunities in the forward 50 and shots on goal. Um, in, the, in the second quarter, I think, um, starting to um, win some more of those centre clearances in the middle. Norton starting to come into the game. Um, we did have Bailey um, get caught in front of goal um, by Fritz, um, yeah. which was a, um, a bit of an unfortunate turnover. Um, and there was periods in that second quarter where there was little scoring and, and it was really a slug slugfest between the two teams. Melbourne had the uh, ball in their forward 50 um to a large margin um, and um, it was a credit to our backmen that they held them down to minimal scoring and were able then to wrestle the game back um, in, in the late half of the, the quarter and then we had um, the the great scene of Hannon kicking a goal and then remonstrating with his former Melbourne teammates um, and then Smith goaling um, and uh, um, you know McRae, Daniel and Dale all great across that um, quarter as well. Yeah but we did finish off quite well didn't we? It was um you could smell something happening and it when it was that we were in, that there was a good control in the midfield and that that ability to sort of move it move it across the ground was was much more confident with great a lot more confidence um so I'm, I'm thinking that's it was a good sign i think what do you think jace um yeah there was a real will to take it up to uh, melbourne um they'd sorted out a couple of the issues they had with um, some of the tactics to force us um, wide and to deny us the corridor. Um, the doggies took the game on a bit more, running through the middle um, and using the extra space in the MCG, we were able to um, move forward with a bit more um, connectivity. 
um, there um, was also um, a, a better um, a better uh, um, forward pressure by our forwards on when there was intercept marks happening with Melbourne. In the previous game, they would uncontested take an intercept mark, and in this occasion, they were contesting the mark and bringing it down to ground so that our small forwards could actually get in the mix again. So I think some of the tactics that Bevo took into the game, as well as that mastermind stroke with um, 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 Shaq attack in the back line, actually managed to negate some of the advantages that um, Melbourne had to bet, brought to bear in the previous game. Um, a bit of a, a different story coming into the beginning of the third quarter, and this is where Melbourne came from the halftime break and really took it up to the doggies. And it was a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a nightmare um, scenario with um, uh, quick um, centre breaks, um, contested marks in their key forwards, McDonald goaling, um, and then an, another quick centre break and Fritz kicking a second goal for for um, um, for the Demons. Um, a real a real worry at that point um, in terms of where we're going to. Um, see a bit of a repeat of, the, of the, the previous match where they just really dominated and controlled the game through the middle and then kicking quickly to their key forwards. Um, but the Doggies um, responded really really well and, and um, broke that momentum and, and got the game back on our terms with a Bruce goal. So um, uh, still always a tough mix to take on Petrarca and, and Clayton Oliver, but a real mm. um, dire struggle in the middle um, with our... Um, um, key sentiment to try to ensure that we um, um, didn't lose um, the contested um, possessions um, out of the centre or, or ball ups around the ground. Yeah, and I think uh, that's sort of the, the key, isn't it? It's that um, ability to sort of pick up the crumbs um, in those contested situations and be able to move the ball around to actually get a, uh, get that momentum going back towards our goals and, and putting uh, their defence into pressure. And I think that's what was sort of start, starting to come through after that little, um, I guess, purple patch that Melbourne had at the start of that quarter. Um, but I think with that that swing towards with, with Bruce with the goal and Daniel um, with the goal as well uh, straight after that, um, and, uh, and I think it all sort of led into, you know, that, that sort of magic moment um, where the step ladder came out once again, Jace. Talk mark of the year. Up. Could be mark the year candidate. Um, Cody Waitman um, using Max Gorn as a, a step ladder um, just on the wing. Um, um, Cody just um, took the opportunity to um, take a fly off on the shoulders. Really spectacular mark. Um, mm. He sort of got um, to a height above Gorn's shoulders and then Gorn sort of realised there was a little pip squeak on his shoulder. So it sort of grabbed him and he ended up sort of coming down horizontally with the assistance of Max Gorn. Um, but the one thing that Max Gorn doesn't like is um, some um, short, small forward taking a specky on him. So he wasn't too pleased about it, but uh, probably a nomination for Mark of the Year from Cody. And I think it's, um, I think there's, I think there's a couple of Mark of the Years that have used Max Gorn as a, a step ladder, as a nomination for this year. And I there was one last year with, um, Oh, what was his name from West Coast? Ryan from Ryan, Ryan from West Coast. That's right. Top, the Square. That's yep. right. Yeah, and we had Georgiades from um, from Port Adelaide using the step ladder as well. So I think uh, that um, is something that I think a lot of those small forwards are noticing that Maxi likes to to sort of give you a little bit of boost up. Um, and then right. it was a key, a key part of the the, court, uh, the um, quarter for Waitman as well. He um, yes. really sparked and came alive around this time, as well as the mark kicked a, um, a little soccer goal um, as well. And at, you know it was noted in this part of the game for a lot of um, pressure acts um, to really put himself um, into the mix to ensure that we were trying to battle for contested football. So a really good part of the quarter for 
uh, Waitman at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yep, so going into the final quarter, it's um, it got very close um, with a couple of goals back and forth with Pickett and uh, and also with uh, Norton sort of with a downfield uh, kick from Bruce. And just before the siren, we had Viney sort of come along and get a goal just to sort of put that pressure on going into the final quarter. Yeah, that's right. Um, Melbourne came back hard in that third quarter and the Doggies responded well, um, but it was anybody's game in the fourth quarter. Mm. Um, Ed Rich is off early in the, in the fourth quarter with um, concussion um, and then um, Libba missing uh, uncharacteristically a, a shot for goal, sailing through for a point. Um, and then um, um, a couple of um, um, goals um, to um, um, Melbourne ended up making it a very um, close close contest within points. Mm. Um, Jamara had an opportunity for a set shot and goal and missed. Um, and then there was a really um, a good um, action with a throw in. Garcia works to Libba to Bond and goal. Um, again, Bond, the, the, you know, standing up when it's needed, the, the crunch player, um, mm. the captain's goal, um, once again, um, an exceptional moment. And then he backs it up straight after with a, a, an inspirational centre clearance, kicking Jamara on the lead. Uh, Jamara hasn't been cited to a great degree during this game. He had a quieter game, mm. um, but a beautiful lead, Mark, and then uh, kicked, a, kicked a great goal. And, and that sort of put us in um, the comfort zone at that point. And then Hannon marks and goals, um, and then pick at a, a mark on the siren without a result. So yep. um, a, good, a good win in the end, 20 points, um, 9-11-65 Melbourne, 13-7-85 to the Doggies. Um, but a, um, a really inspirational win from the Doggies in a really tough contest. Um, an evenly matched sides, mm. um, but a really, really um, good result for the Doggies and Knight. Yeah, I think so. And some really good standout players. Um, uh, Daniel played a fantastic game with 34 disposals and, and four tackles and a couple of goals. Um, McRae getting his numbers back up again with 38 disposals and seven tackles. Um, and Marcus having another potential three Brownlow votes game with uh, 31 disposals and 10 clearances and uh, two clutch goals as well. Um, who, who, right. was, who was your standout for, for this game? Who do you think um, really caught the eye of um, caught the eye of the, of the umpires? And, and really um, it's Bond. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely Bond on the night. I mean, the, uh, the battle in the mid zone was critical for um, the Doggies' win. And when the game was to be won, um, once again, Bond stands up and stands up in terms of winning that contested ball, but also kicking goals when we need them. Um, would note that Shaki um, deserves a special mentions uh, for, mm. for this game. His first defensive effort, 17 disposals, six marks um, and seven contested possessions. So um, he's never had better possessions when he's played forward and um, had uh, plenty of opportunities to um, put himself in into the mix um, with uh, the ball going down to Melbourne's four line frequently, um, but a hell of a game from um, Shaki in his new role. Um, absolutely. And um, it's uh, it's a good move. And I think just having that tall and that presence and and I think also what we hopefully should be able to see the, the, the skills that we, we that we were told about with Shaki coming to the Dogs as a number one draft pick picked up by, um, uh, by uh, what's it called, um, Brisbane. But we did, we, there was that huge potential. So it'd be great to see him being able to use those skills and, and spread the ball around and, and take, that, um, take that great defensive role, which we're hoping that he will take. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the, the Doggies may, managed to turn around this game. The, uh, the contested possessions differential, which we got smashed on in the previous game, we, mm. we were more in the, more in the mix. Um, 177 to Melbourne, 154 doggies. Uh, but the doggies were better around um, um, clearances. So we, we did lose the centre clearances 13 to 10, but 
around the ground. It was 28 to 39, and we won won the day there. Um, Max was um, dominant in the ruck, 67 to 18. But again, um, Tim English putting more body pressure on him, a bit of a sharing of the the ruck uh, ruck um, roles with him as well, uh, and with some other other um, doggies um, tools. Um, and the doggies are just better in front of goal. Um, goal accuracy, 60% compared to Melbourne, 37%. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and that even though, like you say, Gorn was, uh, was was winning the tap outs, that having the stoppage clearances in the dog side just sort of meant that we were really reading him well and being able to sort of move that ball out uh, quite cleanly in the end. I think that was the biggest difference um, around, the, around, the, around the stoppages as well. Yeah. Now we, we were going to jump to, to Adelaide, Nick, but I'm wondering if we just jump to um, have a bit of more of a chat about the Bont at this this point. Um, um, he's having a hell of a season, and I wonder whether we could stop and reflect on on where he sits at the moment. We've mentioned he's a bit of a Brownlow favourite, um, and there's a number of games which we can point to where he's best on ground um, and adjudicated by all the the journalists and and um, the scribes, um, mm. and likely um, the umpires as well. Um, but I think um, it might be worth us having a bit of a Bont watch um, each week to see how he's going. Um, yeah, the Bont, um, as it sits, I think, is is leading the AFL predictor for potential uh, Brownlow winner. I think they've um, got him um, well in front of um, um, Clayton Oliver as, he, as the next um, potential um, Brownlow winner. Yep. Um, and the Bont just needs to um, have a number of good games leading into the end of the year. And I think... Um, all, all the uh, all, all the betting the betting sites and and all of the all of the smart commentators are sort of putting putting their money on him as a potential Brownlow winner this year, and it's always been a case that we always you know thought that he would potentially be the one uh, to take home a Brownlow. Um, he's at previous years he's he's come he's come close. Um, he's he's got a lot of votes over a number of years. In 16 17 he had um, 20 votes. In 2016 he had 19 votes. In 17. Um, and, um, you know, he's, he's someone who potentially um, could be our next Brownlow medalist. So um, um, just in terms of this year, his performance, he's really having a, a quite a, a stellar year um, up until uh, the Melbourne game. Um, he was having one of his best years for the Doggies and, and someone who's um, at, started his um, uh, career in 2014. Um, you can look to 2016 and, and 17 as stellar years, um, but the move um, in the middle and move forward in terms of his opportunities um, to go goal, goalward and to um, kick goals for uh, the doggies has really transformed his, his gameplay. Um, he's, he's getting more of the ball. Um, he's um, getting more goals. Um, he's ending up being a real match winner for, he's always been a crunch player, um, but really imposing himself on, on the game as well. So um really impressed with where he's heading at the moment with this season. Um, and if you can just string a, um, a number, number of more games as the same consistency we've seen over the year, um, it's likely he'll have Charlie hanging around his neck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think one sort of thing that's in the previous years has been a little bit of a, um, I guess, an asterisk against his name is that, um, that, that clutch goal of those moments and being able to sort of get those match winners um, uh, through the big sticks. And I think that's something that he is, that confidence is coming through, I think, this season. We, when we sort of see the ball get into his hand, it's there's a lot more confidence that it's going to go through and go through, you know, quite well as well. Um, and I think that's um, something that he, had, I think, perhaps has been working on um, in those finishing moments. Um, and I think... Um, it's like almost get making a complete package now. I think that's the best way to sort of say it now. 
Um, and yeah. this year has been a great, great sort of run for him, absolutely. Well, he's lifted himself from uh, above average in most of those metrics, which are monitored by champion data and, and yeah. sort of recognised as key attributes of a, of a champion player. So he's moved to um, elite um, in disposal, con- contested possessions, kicks, clearances, metres gains, um, inside 50s, effective kicks, effective disposals. I mean, he's just brought um, his game to a whole new level and he's mm. been consistent across the whole whole season. Um, you have a look at um, these run of games and um, there has been very little poor games from him. He's averaging um, just under 30 possessions, 27 possessions a game um, and 11 clearances. Um, and his goal kicking has really put him in the mix as being someone to watch and to keep an eye on in terms of, um, you know, what the umpires might look for in terms of laying down the 3-2-1 votes. Yeah. And and I think going into the, the next time we're going to be talking about, um, even though there's that, um, he's still having those low moments, but he can effectively jump in and just do those, uh, really take take the, the game by the, the scruff of the neck and, and say, no, this is my game. This is we're going. I'm going to win this for you guys. I'm going to take that extra step and and uh, finish it off. And really, t- like almost throttling a win out of those you know, moments where it could be going either way. Yeah, and- that's right. And I think there was um, examples in the Melbourne game where um, the doggies had lost momentum in the third quarter or were um, close um, a close result. Um, on the scoreboard in the last quarter. And in both those times, he stepped up, won a contested position when we weren't getting the ball, kicked an inspirational goal when we needed it. Um, it's those moments which really matter in terms of the success of the team. Um, and he's, he's, he's a captain who leads from the front and, and certainly steps up. Um, so certainly, you know, we, we, we recognise his his ability to get behind um, a, a, a throw in and, and to position himself for that snap. We recognise his ability to run past the player and, and get the ball for that long kick at 50. Um, but it's also just winning the ball when we need to win the ball or getting that centre break when we need it as well. And he showed that um, um, when when we won the game against Melbourne. He, he was the match winner. Yep. That, that, that's, in the end, that's what it is, isn't it? It's that, that match winning ability, and that's what the um, that's what the dogs are looking for. That's what we need as a leader um, and as a as a, a great captain. And, he, and you know, and, you know, the talk about him being perhaps one of the you know being the greatest bulldog player is quite understandable because of his his impact that he has on a game and his leadership that he shows on the on the field as well. Um, so how how history will look at Marcus Montepelli will be uh, with very rose-coloured glasses, indeed. Well, definitely. Well, let, let's keep a, a bit of a, um, an episode-by-episode episode watch on the bond. Yeah. Um, and um, just as the Bulldogs players watch the reels, um, the replay and snippets of um, great performances, we'll um, look out for those really great moments where he just shines and, and shows those great skills we know he has. Um, so um, can we jump now to back to the, the match report and, and finish off with the Adelaide game? Yeah, um, So. That. This time played um, in windy Ballarat. Um, not always a happy hunting ground against Adelaide um, at the venue, but the Doggies um, coming away with a, con- a convincing 49-point win. Um, Adelaide started strong with a, a couple of goals early, but missed, missed chances to really put some pressure on the board. And from that point, the Doggies really took, took the game on and, and controlled the game for uh, most of the four quarters. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it was uh, Adelaide kicking with the wind, and it was a very strong win, uh, goal to goal. Um, and it, it was talked during the commentary that it was a bit bit like suburban footy coming back again and talking about, you know, it's a five-goal breeze, and that's what it really was, was had a lot of 
a lot of oomph behind it. Um, and, yeah, the uh, the dogs sort of did, were kicking into the breeze and they were able to move the ball forward. It was a bit sluggish to begin with, but we did get uh, get a couple of goals onto, onto the board. Um, Tom, Tom, Tom Libertori and then a, a specky from Josh Bruce on the goal line. That was impressive. It was pretty good. And he had to, it wasn't just an up and down. It was an up and down and stretch it over a little bit. I think he's been yep. chatting with um, with Norts to see how do I get that third slip catch happening. And <laughs> that's what he was able to pull out. So he did a great job there. So the, do- the doggies um, got enough scores on the board to take a 12-point lead to quarter time, 5-3-33 to um, the Crows, 3-3-21. Um, and then... Um, Adelaide tried to take it up again in, in the second quarter. Um, the doggies quickly responded. Norton, um, Jamara, both kicking quick goals, stretching the lead 26. Um, and then um, um, and um, Caleb um, kicking a great goal from stop, stoppage, weaving in our traffic uh, to extend the margin to 32. So at halftime, the doggies up by 35, 9-9-63 to 4-4-28. And I think there was some vision of some supporters who uh, um, braved uh, the windy conditions, but also... Um, weren't able to get in the ground because of restrictions and were cheering from um, the um, Chickamaya fence. Um, yes, that's right. The, uh, about the venue with uh, a couple of goals that got kicked through. Yeah, they did. And uh, it, it was suburban football, wasn't it, with uh, tooting of the horn after every every Bulldog goal. And it was a, a nice little feeling. It's um, uh, it, it's sort of, it, it's like a, a Sunday afternoon with the under, under 12s running around, it was. So it was really good to have that. You know, a couple of quite um, chilly bulldogs standing out there supporting the, the club um, with uh, with a toot of the horn after every goal. Yeah. Something, something um, so the third quarter was a bit of a different scenario. We, we'd sort of really um, shown shown the Crows a clean pair of heels, um, but a bit more of a dire um, um, period in the third quarter. Um, JJ um, kicked a, a goal to start the, the game, but um, it was a real tussle. Um, with both teams, um, you know, only able to kick one goal during the third quarter. Um, and so we maintained a 35-point advantage in the last break. Um, a really uh, a dire um, struggle in, in the third quarter. Doggies really um, didn't let the Crows break away. And I suppose the, the Crows had the wind um, in the third quarter and the Doggies were able to um, maintain their lead. Um, but um, a bit of a different, um, a different quarter to the first two. Yeah, it was, and it was a bit uh, more congested, and and the dogs were doing a great job getting, you know, filling in those gaps in a very, um, I guess, attacking uh, forward line of of, of Adelaide um, with the ball coming in quite regularly, um, and with a very strong breeze behind it. But I think to go into the going to the last quarter with with them only scoring one one goal for that quarter, and and although we only came in with one as well, I think it led to a a great uh, last quarter. Uh, to finish off quite strong. Yeah, and Marcus Bondapelli finally got himself back in, into the match. He had quite first half, um, but made um, his presence felt with another huge bomb from 50, um, mm. probably the, the goal of the day. Yep, um, always, like, and, always like a big bomb just uh, going from the from the edge of the of the uh, centre square. Yeah, and that right. just flew. Oh, I wonder if you noticed um, there was a... Um, um, Mark that uh, Bruce took, he was about 55 out. He was getting all these all these manoeuvres ready, got ready to go for a big hoof. But unfortunately, uh, there was a, a bit of an indiscretion uh, between Norton and another um, Adelaide player and it got sort of spun around. Um, Bruce wasn't happy then. He wanted to go, I'm going to do a 65 Torpy special. But that, yep. was, taken, that was taken away from me. I saw his, um, he sort of dropped us a little bit. 
Um, well, Norton, Norton was in the bad books um, all day. I think there was a report of Bevo coming down to um, Norton in the first quarter and giving mm. him a bit of a spray in terms of his uh, his efforts. I think he's um, just struggling a little bit to reach that um, great form that he had prior to that um, fall and concussion. Mm. Um, so trying to play himself back into the game. So um, um, luckily we've, we've got a chivel-headed monster or, or a forehead monster in the mm. forward line when, when Tim English is down there. So the other forwards can step up because Bruce and, and Jamara both had um, a great day out um, and uh, Norton um, was in and out of the play. Um, but I, I think he's still struggling um, to get that back to that form that we all love and, and um, really excites excites the supporters. So we're just waiting for him to sort of um, get a bit more form back and lift again. Yeah, I think so. And that, that will come. I think it's um, when you do get a bit of a concussion, I, I, I'm lucky enough not to have one, but um, I expect that it would be a little while to get that confidence up and, and to sort of really be very confident in yourself to go and take those um, take those opportunities when they come to you. Yeah, so best players yep. on the day. Daniel, 32 disposals, um, one goal. McRae, 31 disposals. Um, um, Dale and Smith had a day out. Yeah, Tory was back to his um, his best. Twenty five disposals, a goal, and eight tackles. Yep. Um, another great mention for Shacky. Um, took on um, Walker, um, Taylor Walker in um, in the forward line, um, and managed to keep him just down to two goals and managed to get twelve disposals and eight marks on his own. So great effort. And Bruce twelve twelve disposals, two goals, and seven marks was great as well. Um, yep. Doggy's having more of more of the ball over the over the four quarters, winning disposals. Um, cleaner with the ball in disposal efficiency, um, smashing them in um, stopping clearances and, and inside 50s and marks inside 50s. So the doggies really dominant across the whole um, the whole day. Um, um, a bit of a tighter contest in the third quarter, but a strong showing um, as we move into um, the, the real business end of the season. Yep, and that's it, isn't it? We're, we're getting near the end of the home away season and, um, and we've got a couple of really important games. And and at the moment where we're holding on to the number one spot, it's it's really nice to be up top, Jace. It's been uh, uh, been a long is, time. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I don't think we've ever finished on top at the end of a, a home away season. Um, um, so would love to love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the doggies want to just keep that um, top one, top um, top or one or two. They need to keep um, for the right run through the finals. Um, but certainly um, they want to maintain form. They want to. They want to win against the teams coming up. Um, there's a, probably um, a real challenge for them later with Port Adelaide, but even yeah. the next game with Essendon is going to be a tight contest. Um, bit of a do-or-die uh, round for Essendon um, to keep mm. into the finals mixes for a top-eight berth. Um, and certainly um, some of their players are really hitting some good form, in, including some former Bulldogs players with um, Jakey Stringer having a good season as well. But um, there's a lot of um, informed players um, across the Bombers team. And so if they can put four quarters together... That'll be a real challenge for us. Um, but we've got some really impressive ins this week, Nick. Do you want to share with us who we've got back this week? Um, well, there's a guy who had a bit of a sore ankle um, and has been sort of just running very quietly in the background. And and uh, Adam Trelaw has made his way back in. Incredible. So, um, it's, it's amazing that he's been able to come back. It's been a bit of a, a big struggle for him to make his way back into the side. There's been, um, I think, a couple of setbacks in his recovery. Um, but um, he's he's in now, which is great to see in the starting 18, um, not on the bench or anything like that. So it's it's looking pretty good, I think, for having him back. We've got some other good good uh, players back in the squad as well. With um, yeah, Lewis Young. Yep. In, in the Taylor extended, Duray. Yep. Extended bench. Yep. Uh, uh, 
Lockie McNeil and uh, Eddie Richards back from concussion as well. So it's um, it's some really good ins. Um, won't all be in, of course. It's a Sunday game now, not a Friday night game, which was originally uh, penned for. Uh, but because of all the, the the COVID situation up in in um, in uh, Brisbane, it was a little bit tricky, and that game's been moved from the Friday night to the Sunday. So we won't know who exactly is on the bench uh, going into. Sunday's game, but uh, but having Adam Trelaw back in and that um, I guess the, the the confidence and the the skill of ball movement and run, I think it's going to be very exciting. Uh, what is it? For, Have a look at that centre line: uh, um, Adam Trelaw, Tom Libertori, and Lockie Hunter. I mean, that's mm. a great centre line. So I look forward to his run off the wing, yeah. um, and hoping that um, he can um, get fitter and, and get some form as he works his way back in the team. Yeah. Um, certainly look at um, Josh Dunkley, his return, and, and Norton's return, um, and they've, they're straight back into the team, and they're certainly starting to build up um, their um, capabilities over subsequent games. Yeah, and I think it's um, it, it's starting to look like a, a really good final side at the moment uh, with with the ins that we've got, um, get all the good players coming back, um, very confident, strong um, players coming in, and I think it's it's starting to look good, going making us ready for the uh, the finals. Yeah, um, we were going to um, touch on. Um... Uh, the AFLW draft, but I, I might suggest Nick that we hold that off to the next um, next session, next yeah, um, so. episode. Yep. Yeah, I think um, um, we just need to make a, a, a final mention before we uh, wind up about signings and retirements. Do you want to take us to um, some key signings and uh, um, some sad news in terms of retirement from a yeah, yeah, doggy. Not um not too sad, but a but a bit of a thanks. I think um, uh, just yesterday we found out that uh, Ling Jung has has made the decision to retire. Um, he's been with the Dogs for um, for ten years, coming off the, uh, the rookie draft uh, in I think two thousand and twelve. Um, eleven, yep. Eleven, yes, thank you, eleven. And uh, had had a bit of a, an interesting run of uh, of some some great games that he played. Um, injuries was a big impact on him. Uh, for his time with us, uh, uh, he had some ACL injuries and uh, collarbone injury, which was um, one of those key moments in the 2016 elimination final. Um, but he's also had some great success with the Dogs. Um, a member of the uh, 2016 VFL Footscray Football Club Premiership. Um, and we know the little story that goes along with him in that game where he came back after that collarbone injury, but taped up the other side so the Casey boys wouldn't give him a knock on the shoulder. <clears throat> um, so, and he's uh, he is well loved at the, at the, at the club. It's um, it's a bit of a pity that uh, that injuries has just sort of taken the toll. We did get to see him once this year, but again, I think it was a hamstring, I think, that got him that time. Uh, but at the age of 28, I think hearing a retirement at that age, it's, it's a bit... Um, a bit, you know, a bit sad to hear, but uh, we do acknowledge the, the great uh, play, the great role that he had with the dogs um, this year well, and for the 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I think you have a look at um, 2016, which was his, his best year mm-hmm. and the best year for the doggies with the premiership win. And, and it's right to point out that um, he was a key part of the team that, that took us into that end of the season at 2016 and leading into that. Um, preliminary final in in, um, in Perth against West Coast yep. um, and just a tragic um, injury to um, suffer um, when he put so much into uh, the team and his success. 16 games he played um, up until that point um, and certainly, you know, hard nut, hard ball getter, um, someone who's got, had a great deal of dash um, and could take a strong contested mark and, and kick goals. So 
Um, he was a real favourite of, of the doggies, um, um, of the team and the supporters. Um, and certainly um, he'll be missed um, and we wish him well. And, um, you know, just had terribly, terrible bad luck with a string of injuries. So, um, you know, and, and coming back and coming back and then having um, repeated injuries, so a real shame that he's, he was unable to reach um, his full potential in terms of what he had shown. Um, yeah. But certainly we uh, loved him for what he had contributed. And I think also that we should really acknowledge his uh, community involvement uh, with the dogs as well. So he was part of the Western Bulldogs Community Foundation programs. He was an AFL multicultural ambassador, as well as a, a Movember ambassador. And he and through his career, we did see some good mo's coming off him. Um, but his his um, I guess the, the role outside of outside of um, the football ground um, and his uh, I guess role in the importance of him uh, being the first uh, player of Taiwanese descent uh, to make a debut in the AFL. Um, I think that was quite in, you know, important for us to, that he knew his role within that sort of situation and he, he saw that he was an ambassador. Um, it is um, sad for his retirement, but um, he is a much loved uh, player of the dogs. Like I said before, he was a, a 2014 and 2016 um, VFL Premiership player. He, he did receive the, the Norm Goss medal, best on ground for that game. Um, and he was also part of the 2014 uh, VFL grand final uh, winning side of the Footscray Football Club as well. Um, so thank you, Ling Jong, for your time with the club. Absolutely a, a great uh, player. Number 46 um, is not a number you see often on the ground. It was great to see when his number did, when he was out there. Um, so, but we have had some uh, signings as well in the last um, since the last time we were on. Um, big news, yeah. Big news. Two more for Jamara. Um, so he just uh, today, um, or the last couple of days ago, um, has signed for, until twenty twenty four. Um, so that's a really uh, good positive sign, especially with all the. What is all what the, is the media going to say now? What are, what are they going to say in terms of the the rumours and the uh, the intrigue that was all around um, Jamara this year? What are they oh, going to make up now? They're probably, they're probably going to say that he's going to be his trade bait for the next two years, perhaps. But um, but that's only just what certain um, reporters like to say. But I think it's it's a really good sign with with their seeing potentially he's that sort of questionable sort of, I guess, reporting of him and his um, frustrations. We're not hearing that anymore. So, you know, it must be that it's working out pretty good for him now. Um, but he's, he's, the games that we've seen him play um, since his debut have been uh, quite uh, quite impressive and, and he's really being pulled in by the club, which is great to see. Um, we've also had uh, Adam Scott as well. Sorry, Anthony Scott um, sign as well until 2023. So it's a two-year contract for him. So that's uh, really good to see. Good um, pickup um, at the end, end of last season, I think it was for him. Um, so he's been um, a great player for the Dogs. Uh, mature age recruit. Um, as, but uh, get, it's good to get um, until 2023 um, for him to be, keep running around with us. Yeah, that's right. I think he's showing himself to be very versatile. Um, spent a bit of time in the back line over the last couple of games as well, as yep. well as being a bit of a, a goal sneak and a, a forward, short, um, a small t uh, forward target as well. So look forward to him progressing and developing his um, abilities and uh, time with the club. Yep, absolutely. Um, and well, do we talk about Cody? Do we haven't talked about Cody. Cody signed as well. Cody Waitman. So he's with us until 2023. So again, um, acknowledging the great role that he's played um, and the rewards that come through with the two-year two contract, con, um, contract extension for him. Um, so it's really great that um, yeah he's been a, a spark in that forward line um, and that's 
that enthusiasm. It's just great to watch, I think, and we're seeing some really special moves from him, which has been great to watch. Um, and I think that's, all the, con- that's all the contract signing I can see, Jace. Um, no worries. Yep. So heading out, heading in, we've got some three more rounds. We've got Essendon this weekend. What's what are you, what's your feeling about that game? Um, well, I think um, as I said, it's a bit of a do or die um, game for Essendon, and, and they've got a lot of their um, key players in form. Um, so um, I think it will be a, a tight contest, but I think the doggies can prevail. Yep, I think so as well. It'll be um, pretty close to begin with, but I think the the, 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 sleek, the slickness and the, the skills will come through, and we should uh, be be able to get over them quite well. We do play um, Marvel Stadium really well, um, and I think that will continue um, for that game on Sunday. And then then Hawthorne, then Port Adelaide to to round off the season. So. Um, the doggies, if they want to finish on top, they need really to to win all of the remaining games. Mm. Um, so uh, a big ask, but um, not beyond the doggies with their form at the moment. Um, would make a note that the um, uh, there was a report in the paper about the amount of players that the doggies had used over the year, um, near near record amount of players rotated through the team. Um, certainly, Bevo doesn't mind um, managing players, giving um, giving them a run in the twos if their form's not great, mm. um, but also giving those new players um, who've joined the club an opportunity as well. So, um, you know, you know, it's almost a, a new way of managing your team, not just to play the best, um, uh, the best 18, but actually to bring in a, a wider group of players and keep rotating them through over the, over the year. Yeah, but they, I think it's very good player management uh, to be having having uh, quality players coming in, resting players where you need to. Keeps the hunger as well, I think, for them to come in. Um, and I think we're really, um, yeah, just showing that there's that great versatility. No matter what position you're given, you've got a role. And I think they're all playing their role really well when they do come into the side. Um, yeah. That's right. So we'll look forward to um, doggies on top at the end of the year for the first time. Let's see if that can uh, um, happen and we can prevail. Um, and uh, it's been a record-breaking year in, in some respects with um, win, big wins against other teams. So let's make that a record-breaking um, uh, um, end of the year as well. Yep. Hopefully that will be the case. Um, so I think that's full time, Jace, is it? That was the siren. Yeah, I think I've heard the siren. I think I've heard, heard it, yeah. heard the siren. Okay. So uh, that's the end of uh, episode 10. Um, thanks, uh, Jace, for joining me remotely to the Edge of Suburbia studios. What was your studios called today, Jace? Um, it might be the uh, the uh, the Inner West uh, studios, I think. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have, to, I'll have to come up with a snappier title for it. Yeah, you got to work on that, I think. Um, so um, thanks again for all our listeners. And don't forget to sort of jump on and say hello to us on the Facebook page. Uh, a couple of drop picks from Wit and Noble, just give that a search. Um, and uh, we will see you or chat to you guys and hopefully be able to see your face properly, Jace, in maybe in a couple of weeks' time when we don't have lockdowns. Yes, I hope so. Woof, woof. Hope so. Woof, woof. <laughs> Up and down like this, but they can't be the boy.